This week on Ultra 64, break open your toy chest because we are playing Micro Machine 64 Turbo, Hot Wheels something else also Turbo, and Razor Scooter, which is not Turbo. And it's difficult to fit in your toy chest. It is! Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We're back, baby. We are back in person, a safe six feet apart, phase two. What's up, everybody? This is the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And goddammit, I'm just so excited to be playing these in person, even if these aren't, like, great, you know? I'm excited, and my name's Steve Gunley. Hello, I am Woody Siskowski. I got a fistful of extreme handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it is it is good to be back. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and staying healthy. This is the craziest week of many of our lives uh it's it's just kind of a lot to wrap hopefully, our heads around hopefully it stays that way i, I, yeah. I hope I'm, I'm not ready to endure more of them but i gotta say coming over here playing these games very very pleasant i might be a it's, little i might be a little kinder to these games than maybe they deserve i think um, so because it's just it, it's it's very nice to to be here and to play these games with you and it would have felt very sad playing these by myself these would have been pretty pretty dire by ourselves yeah woody's the first person to step foot inside my door in like three months and uh goddamn it's it's good to be back here anybody i hope everyone else is having a good time too and if you're not get ready because we're gonna talk <laughs> about, you're about some to. toys <laughs> We got uh, uh, three games based on popular toy fads, although one of them is kind of like arguably not really a toy, but we'll get to that one in a it's, minute. It's a tool. It's like it's like it's a, a utility belt. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, we have Micro Machine 64 Turbo. We have Hot Wheels Turbo Racing, and we have Razor Freestyle Scooter. There were too many brands and turbos in there for me to keep it straight. Uh, this is this is one of those episodes where I just get immediately confused about what games we play. I think I, so. I have to ask you the names constantly. It's like I. I I feel like if uh, Transformers Beast Wars Transmetals hadn't become such a running joke on this show, I would have uh, forgotten that <laughs> yeah, so exactly. long ago. We, we should have played that in here with these as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just wheel, throw another uh, yeah, turbo more in. To and more toys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this week we are playing three games based on toys. Do you... Well, well let's start with Micro Machines. Did, did you play with Micro Machines when you were a kid? Were these a big I did not play with the Micro Machines cars very okay. much, but I played with the Micro Machines like army men. That like the play like, sets. Yes, yeah. the big military and then like jeeps with a bunch of guns and things like that those were pretty cool those were dope i, I loved any like little compact play set that had a bunch of moving parts in it so like i had a bunch of mighty maxes growing up yeah really they cool. would they would like fold up and be the shape of max's head yeah there was, Some, something there was a, about there it. Were star wars ones too that did that there was oh like right ones that were yoda's head and they're like wicket's head and they would fold out to be endor that's right those were awesome yeah even the poly pockets i, I would make my sister's poly pockets like battle cross your, over with my your... mighty max i got so confused by because i when i was younger i didn't know what mad max was oh yeah um because like I don't. I feel like if you're a child, like growing up in the '80s, you don't really know what Mad Max is, right? Because I mean, you would probably know it if you went to the video store a lot and saw it okay. on shelves. But I don't think you would really understand what that movie and is. So I always thought there was some relationship between Mad Max and Mighty Max. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which, as far as I know, there is not. 
Not as far as I know. For the Mighty Mighty Max reboot with Tom Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch that, actually. Um, But I don't know. Something about uh, making toys very, very small always appealed to me. But I was never a toy car kid. That was like... That's why your favorite system is the Game Boy Micro, and you're very excited for the new... uh Game Gears that they announced. Oh, very excited. That, for are, that are like that... the size of your eyeball. What a stupid product that is. So you, dumb. <laughs> like, so dumb. They only have four games in them. And like, why? And as we all know, the, the Game Gear is rife with classics. You know, it's just <laughs> overflowing. Why limit well, us to just four? Well, if you can fit one, just put, make one to 16 games on it. Yeah. They can yeah. fit it. The files are small enough. You can absolutely do it. You can fit the entire thing on there, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, my, my brother was always more of the toy car kid, uh, and I was more of the action figure kid. Oh, yeah. I think I liked I liked being able to give stories and faces yep. to my characters. Uh, but I did like playing with micro machines. I think just something about them. Uh, I think mostly it was Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> after seeing how they were used in Home Alone, it got me excited about uh, they, they them. They were as a tool a, like a, a trap that people stepped on. Right? It was a defense flying. measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about this game. Micro Machine 64 Turbo was released March 24th, 1999, developed by Codemasters and published by Midway. This, was, this Midway. might have been, I, I don't remember the exact year. This probably would have been a year. I got the N64 for my birthday. Okay. So, ugh, sorry. Oh, this no. is, I'm making the mistake of drinking sparkling water. <laughs> you always, oh, whenever I come over, you're like, hey, you want a sparkling beverage? I know. And I, then, it, then it comes back up during the podcast. Every time. Yeah, every time. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I got the N64 for my birthday, which, um, so this would have come out the day after, but I think I got it the year before. That was a really boring story. Interrupted my burping. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's all good. It's all good. I'm trying. I'm still. I'm just excited to be. here. It's just exciting to be here. It definitely is. Um, so yeah, this was an N64 exclusive, but it is actually a port of a PlayStation game called Micro Machines V3. They but they made enough changes in this to make it distinct. All right, let's talk about Micro Machines. This line of tiny toy cars debuted in 1987, and it was produced by Galoob Toys, which is a name I have not thought about in a long time. It's a fun name, though. It is a fun name, Galoob, named after Louis Galoob. I learned that that was based on a real guy. I thought it was just a nonsense word. That would be a weird name to come up with if it i mean i guess it is like a fun toy name well it is bulog spelled backwards so it might be <laughs> okay. might be named after someone named bulog <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah these uh these cars and their easily transportable playsets became galoob's biggest selling toy line ever and for the first four years of production micro machines outsold the toy cars of the next three competitors combined and that includes hot wheels we're coming for you hot wheels <laughs> Uh, if you were a child of the 80s, you might remember the iconic TV commercials with pitchman John Moshita Jr., better known as the world's fastest talking man. Uh, there were all these commercials where he would just talk incredibly fast. Uh, and I, when I was a kid, I would try and imitate him, and it annoyed my parents greatly. <laughs> was that – do you know if he got that title? Like, did he just – there was this uh, advertisements on the back of comic books where they would have Charles Atlas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it would be like the world's most perfectly sculpted man. Yeah. And you know that that was just a title that he made up for himself. It must be. Um, <laughs> but this is a real, this was a Guinness World Record for okay. him for a while. It, he has since been beaten, but apparently he's disputing those claims. <laughs> uh, but he's able to uh, articulate 526 words a minute, which is uh, pretty intense. Uh, so yeah, look up some of those commercials if you want an idea of what he was about. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, Gloob was bought out by Hasbro in 1998, uh, but Micro Machines continued to be a strong seller for a few years, but the line was officially discontinued in 2008. There was a brief revival of the brand in 2015, but the toy line has effectively stopped, and I think that really weirded both of us out to hear that they don't make Micro Machines right, anymore. Right, we just assumed that we had just outgrown them, and, yeah. but it is, it is kind of sad to think that you can go to the store and not buy them anymore. I mean, I don't know what the toy market is like now and that's, i really don't yeah I'm that's not... the thing that's hard is we you know we out, we've outgrown it yeah but like is it dot has it sort of dried up as just video games just become more and more pervasive i, I don't feel... even think so i think they're just becoming more and more integrated like that's why we get skylanders and disney infinity and things like that like that that pair toys collectibles with video games but like when i was a kid i didn't give a shit about like collectibles like yeah. that's another direction i feel like things are going they're like oh look you can buy this big bust of batgirl and it's like a hundred bucks yeah yeah um, there's always some display case at gamestop that has one of these ludicrously over expensive <laughs> figurines yeah or it's just like fun and to me like a funko pop i hate funko pops but like yeah. they're they're not even really a toy no, because yeah, I mean, what do they do? You just sit there in the box, and then you sell them on Facebook Marketplace in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I hate them, too. I somehow have three. I think two of them were gifts, but I did buy this uh, Lion Cat from Saga. I just liked the Lion Cat. Well, they're cat. also just, like, the kind of things that, like, people who know you as a nerd are yeah. like. It's like the time that someone bought you a Bazinga shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep, yep. you're into this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, tangent. But uh, the worst example of this ever was... My mom, uh, like maybe 10 years ago, she bought me a calendar and it's just like a bunch of comic strips that look like kind of Gary Larson style comic strips. But every one of these comic strips, the joke is something is getting stuck in a butt crack. And that's the joke. Like the the cover of the calendar the mom, was like your mom knew you were into butts. I don't know what she thought. I think she just thought like, oh, Steve's funny. He, he like he this. likes like, comics. Yeah, yeah. And so the cover of the calendar is like a woman hanging up like missing dog signs, but her chihuahua is like stuck in her large butt. Like you can see it. Like gross. Yeah. So like I immediately just put it unopened into a closet and just like I don't know what to do with this, but I'm like okay, I, I think I need to reassess the vibes I'm putting. Well, out. I think that the, these are the gifts I'm getting. The moon and the years go in cycles, right? So yeah. If you got that ten years ago. It should be coming up soon that you can use that calendar again. I'm digging it out. I'm okay. digging it out. It is the year of crack calendar? Uh, yeah, but yeah, micro machines no longer made. I guess it just feels weird. It's also something I guess I assumed had been around before I was born yeah. too. So like it, it came around in my lifetime and it ended in my lifetime. Weird to think. Uh, but let's talk about micro machines in video games. Uh, the first micro machines game was released on the NES in 1991. And uh, if you're an NES collector, you'll remember this because it was in a gold cartridge. It was one of those unofficial, unlicensed ones that had a little switch on the bottom that you had to flip in order to override Nintendo's proprietary hardware. So this happened because at the time, Nintendo, they were notoriously stingy about which developers they would license to. And things were further complicated because Nintendo was in a legal battle with Galoob at this time over the Game Genie, which they claimed uh, was overriding their Oh, that's software. why I know Galoob. Yeah, right. yeah. Galoob eventually did win that case. Uh, but... Uh, Galoob had hired Codemasters to develop the game without Nintendo's consent, so they just had to go in and reverse engineer the entire game, 
uh, and uh, used the unofficial cart and the little flip switch as a workaround, which eventually led to another lawsuit between Nintendo and Kaloob. But the game itself wound up being a minor critical and commercial hit. Uh, it got and it got legitimate ports to Nintendo much Power else. gave it a four point two on theme and fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was a fun game. It's it's a it's a top down like kind of isometric racer. EGM like... gave it five spiky hair points. They, <laughs> remember the guy who was the different. That was uh that was that was uh, uh was that Game Pro or was that? Oh, EGM? it was Game Pro. That yeah, was game Pro. and he's like the more fun the game was, like the more explosive his hair would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would see that just like man, the guy from Smash Mouth must just be having so much fun all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it went on uh, to be on pretty much every system, and they are still making Micro Machines games. I think Micro Machines, the video games, have outlived the toy line. Weird. There was one that came out like two years ago for the, I think for the Wii U. Uh, so they're still making them. Uh, whatever, whatever they stumbled upon, it worked. Uh, all right, we got to talk about Codemasters because they wound up being kind of a big but, deal. So are they the developers of this? They are. This yeah. Game? Okay. Codemasters did this game yeah. as well. Uh, so Codemasters was founded in 1986 by two British brothers who got their start developing punch card versions of Dungeons and Dragons games. Uh, so after they did a couple of, uh, they they were responsible for a lot of the unlicensed carts on NES. So your dizzies, your your big nose, the caveman, stuntman, yeah, all of those. Like none of them terrible necessarily, but just all ultimate stuntman's kind of sweet. It's actually. pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, yeah, so they, they, uh, their stature started to grow as they produced a series of solid but not hugely successful games for the Amiga and the Amstrad over in Europe. The, oh, Codemasters is one of these weird companies like Bitmap Brothers mm. that if you like grew up in the PAL region, these are like big deals for you. Yeah, and you're like, or like what's the one, like Frog Games or something? Like, yeah, Bullfrog. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like here they're just like blips. Yeah, we don't know them right, at all. Yeah. yeah, but Codemasters is pretty big in Europe. Uh, they had their big breakout over here uh, with Colin McRae's Rally, which was a very well-regarded rally racing game we talked about briefly in our rally episode. And uh, these days, Codemasters is kind of secretly one of the better racing game developers out there. They've got a bunch of, like, one-name series of games, mm. so Dirt, Fuel, Grid, <laughs> Splat, Spank, Kerplunk, Doink. Uh, that's a really good one. I would definitely <laughs> say play Extreme Doink or maybe Doink Four. Uh, but yeah, Revenge yeah, of Doink. Revenge of Doink. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he's earned it. Um, yeah, so they've they've been doing pretty well for themselves. So, like I said, this game that we're playing today is a port of Micro Machines V3 for PlayStation. That first hit the PlayStation in 1997. So this is two years later. All right, let's talk about this game. Well, so we were we were excited when this so excited. game this game booted up because this is this is a part of our secret like favorite genre here. Yeah, um, the isometric racer. Have we played an isometric racer for this? Not show? on the N sixty four. We play yeah. uh, on our uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash ultra sixty four pod. We played uh, rock and roll racing, uh, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome game. But yeah. like, so basically. The, the the sort of progenitor of this, and I think to our favorite is uh, RC Pro Am yeah. for the NES, where you just see things from the side. Um, so it's can, kind of the illusion of three D. Yeah, 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 but it usually works really well, and it's nice because you can see the turns coming up ahead of you. There's a lot of opportunities for um, jumps and you know hazards and things that were a lot harder to pull off in actual 3d games yeah yeah and i don't know the games there's just a lot of really fun ones out there um though not 
not quite enough. Um, yeah. Biker Mice from Mars for the Super Nintendo is randomly really good. It's really good. There's, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. There's a fun one for the Game Boy Advance called Racing Gears Advance, which I mm-hmm. recommend. Um, the original Super Off-Road, a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, those good, yeah. Oh, a couple of them were fun because like that was an early four-player game for the NES. Right. Off-road. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a this is a really fun genre that's like effectively dead. So we were real excited to boot this one up. And like, well, first, our first impression was like, okay, this looks like Playmobil. Like everything looks, it, it, it looks like a bunch of toys yeah, because men, it's what it's supposed is, to be. The menu is cool. Like yeah. you, you drop, your car sort of drops into this sort of city playset. And then you can move to these different garages with little, yeah, Playmobil-looking guys standing it's on It's like them. those floor mats that every mm-hmm. doctor's office had, you know, with the streets on them. Yeah, yeah, it's um, kind of like that. Yeah, and so you go... We we started at one player. You get a, your car drives through. It get, yeah, it's a cute little inviting mode. The presentation here is really good it's on charming. pretty much all fronts. Yeah, and and when we started playing, it's just like this controls great. Like this this uh, it it's like it's one of those games. It's like a little too fast for its own good, but that yeah. just gives it kind of a more chaotic like party yeah. feel, um, which I really like. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to how it all backfires in a minute. But your cast of characters is is fun too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look pretty crappy oh yeah Um, yeah but they're they all kind of i mean they're very diverse selection there um it seems to be a british or australian woman um there's a chinese fellow there's a guy with dreads um there's a very strange looking surfer dude with he's the uh game pro guy with the yeah, high score yeah. and his hair going in all directions. Like, and he's hit some hard times, it looks like. Because he's <laughs> yeah. wearing, like, a homeless guy's trucker hat. We have uh, uh, everyone's favorite character, the 50s greaser. Yeah, uh, who, who doesn't, doesn't talk. Yeah, he just nods. And uh, Chubby Walter. Chubby Walter, who uh, we immediately gravitated towards. Yes. Go Walter. Yeah, so uh, we boot up the game. We're, we're cruising through the levels. Like, all the levels are on, like, a tabletop or, like, a kitchen floor or... You know, it's really trying to play up the element that these are tiny, tiny little toys and you are racing around in this oversized world, which is a great idea. And yeah. I love it. I love that they lean into that. So your first that. level is like a pool table. So everything, we sort of, when you start, I'm like, oh, this doesn't look so good. But then as you're racing around and you realize, oh, we're on a solid green pool table and there's other cute, there's cues laid out in the way. There's pool balls in the way. It really looks good. And yeah. the variety of these levels is a lot of fun. There's one uh, where you're racing over the kitchen counter and you have to like drive over a baguette. Yeah, I love that. Um, you, you're jumping over pieces of cheese, all kinds of stuff. And like, yeah, it all just looks very sharp and doesn't get in the way of the speed at all. And there are a couple little power-ups you can pick up. Like we found a little uh, robot claw, which will like attach to a uh, uh, object up ahead of you. We thought it was for attaching to other cars. I think it's just for attaching to objects or ramps or something to pull you ahead. Uh, there was a fireball that makes you go completely out of control and destroy everything in your path. So a lot of elements here to make for a really fun game. Definitely. And where this falls apart is in the actual execution of it. All right, so... This, this game will go on our list of games that make one fatal flaw and it ruins the whole game. It really does. And it's... You described it as a tug-of-war mechanic, and I think that describes it pretty well. Basically, you're fighting the screen, yeah. I guess is kind of a good way to say it. it. Like If you get... If Steve and I are racing mm-hmm. and I get too far ahead of him... Yeah. Um... And, like, the screen won't stretch anymore. Usually with these games, like, with the off-road, it would all be on one screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or these other games, they would kind of stretch out more. Or you could even do it in split screen. Sure. But here, the screen just refuses at some point. Like, so if you fall off the edge or you fall too far back, 
you explode. Um, you explode, which makes sense. But then the game stops, mm-hmm. and you sort of zoom into whoever's still alive or whoever was in front, and their car does like a little happy dance. Yeah. And then it says bonus, and then the person who died respawns next to them, and they both start again. And, and this, you're, you're each trying to be the first one to get five of those bonus points before the other. If somebody dies, they lose a bonus and goes the other person. So you want the other person to screw up five times in a row. You Again, can still not, win by erasing, but yeah, yeah, that's another thing. If Still not a terrible idea. The problem is that this is going to happen every couple of seconds. Right, because like it you is, said, this game is very fast. Very fast. You're going too fast for the screen. So every five seconds, someone is going to blow up and you do your little happy dance and then you win. And then... You're, you're likely not going to see the end of the race. Like, if you're actually just going lap for lap, you're not really going to see it. Well, and it's just your whole – the whole tempo is just constantly disrupted. There's never a the sense momentum. of, like, going fast and, like, getting into that sort of racing game zone. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know – I think, think that it's just a combination of – I think that this game would work fine if that mechanic wasn't there and it played at the speed that it does. Yeah. Um, because then you would really feel fast and exciting. Mm-hmm. I also think that it might work okay with that mechanic if the game was slowed down a little bit because there's just a lot of time. Like the table's got no – we're talking like – Super NES Rainbow Road here. Like, yeah. there's no railings it's on this side. It's very easy to go off this edge. Yeah, yeah very, very there's easy. There's parts where you, like, you can sort of go all the way off the track yeah. and just get way off there. And so I just think that they don't hit that balance right. No. And it's it's just a real bummer because the bones here are, are really good. Like, mm-hmm. it, the presentation is a lot of fun. And it's a genre that's just... It would be very welcome on the system. A hundred percent, yeah, and I think it would be great. And so we, it was a it was a pretty significant bummer when we kind of realized it's like, oh, this this game isn't really letting us have fun with it. Like it's 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 just constantly like you, you're get, you're gonna get real used to watching that little car do a happy bounce and then you're going again. Yep. So it wore out its welcome pretty quickly, and I was definitely disappointed. Uh, this game does have a pretty robust series of options yeah. to play with. Uh, you have a couple of different race modes and a couple of different... Uh, I, the, the party mode or uh, is kind of the interesting feature here because party mode is for four to eight players, which I think makes this the only eight-player game on the in Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And you, you're able Except to Except accomplish- for Mario Party when half of the people leave the house in disgust. That's true. And they're like, and they you just, just play for me. Just swap out other people. Yep, yeah. yep. That's an infinite number of people, however yeah. many people are in the house. Uh, but yeah, you accomplish this by something they call pad share. So basically, you take the N64 controller, one person grabs the D-pad, the other person grabs the C buttons, the cars accelerate automatically in this mode, and you just need to steer around each other. Uh, fun idea, like clever idea. Very not quarantine friendly. Not quarantine but... friendly, so we didn't get to try that out. Uh, but maybe when all of this is lifted, we'll get uh, six other people in here and we'll we'll try it out for real. Um, Tra- tragedy struck as a Micro Machines household <laughs> shot for the eight-player party. <laughs> we, we, we have a mini infection starting right yeah, here. Was, this is the new Ground Zero. To play Micro Machines. Yeah. I mean, that's a. I, I think that's a really smart and fun premise like this seems like a fun game to play with eight people and i think that's a really smart way to do it because i think that adds the uh that adds the on the couch level of chaos and fun to it because now you're fighting for a controller at the same time as you're fighting (laughs) to like win this race 
However, the caveat being that, like, if it's still doing this tug of war thing where right. you're dying every five seconds, nobody's going to have and fun there with may, that. I know there may be a mode here that we could dig into if we, when we got more people around to really test more to, to see if there. This wouldn't surprise me if there was, like, a secret sort of lesser mode in this game that was a lot of fun i'm wondering yeah um, yeah but we didn't find it no 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 um a bit of a disappointment micro machines uh i, I was i was kind of bummed by that but maybe we'll come back and revisit it some other time with more people yeah. and just see what the, the the vibe is like when it's a bigger party um let's move on to our next game here hot wheels turbo racing this was released August 31st, 1999. Uh, that's uh, same year. Okay, I thought it was closer, but yeah, no. August 31st, 1999, developed by Stormfront Studios and published by EA, and this was also released on PlayStation. So let's talk about Hot Wheels. I got a Hot Wheels. I remember, I think I got a Hot Wheels game for PC in oh, yeah. my cereal box. Nice, yeah. Um, and it was, it was a lot like this. Like, it was a stunt track racer thing where you would sort of drive through greenhouses, and I that game was really cool. That sounds great. Uh Hot Wheels, I don't know anyone who has ever purchased a Hot Wheel. Maybe my brother, who's 11 years older than me, has. And that's where you got... Did you did you have a bunch like around the house that you don't remember how, where they came from? Yeah, I'm sure they came from him. Okay, but yeah. But he might have gotten him from the secret brother that we may or may not exist who hides, in the, must have hides in the attic but like honestly i was racking my brain like i know my brother was more of the the toy car kid and he did have hot wheels but i'm racking my brain to think of any christmas morning when he opened some <laughs> or like had some or, or somebody gave them some and i don't remember but we had hundreds of the things in our house and me and my brother shared a room when we were kids so i have very many vivid memories of stepping on a toy car. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're, they're a lot more heavy duty than micro machines. They like, are. A yeah. micro machine, you step on it, that thing's going smush. Oh yeah. A hot wheel, your foot is the one taking the abuse. It's it's getting all smushed and tetanusy. But uh, yeah, so we, I had a bunch of them. Uh, never really engaged with them beyond like the tracks and everything like that. I but, mean, they have like a nice feel. Like yeah. it's the, Good me mouth the feel. metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Delicious, umami delicious flavor. Um, <laughs> but like it's not, they have the sense of weight and you can actually roll them and they go pretty far. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Hot Wheels is the premier die-cast toy car company in the world ever since competitor Matchbox was absorbed by Tyco in the mid-90s. So it's now Hot Wheels and no one else. Uh, the company has been producing scale model cars since 1968, which, due to their sturdy construction and low price point, soon became ubiquitous figures in most kids' rooms. Um, yeah, like I said, not entirely sure where all of mine came from, but we had a shitload Though of them. I will say, like, they, I remember they, the, the old Hot Wheels were just sort of the cars. And yeah. And like, look, we have good versions of these cars, and I remember they would eventually move into, like, now we get these tracks. Yeah. And, like... The cars would like self-propel, or there'd be a thing that you would sort of wind them up at the beginning oh, yeah. and shoot them through the tracks in the loop. And though that's what sort of these Hot Wheels games are often based on was those tracks. Yeah, the but, tracks were the tracks were where it's at. Yeah. Well, yeah, but here's the secret about the tracks: they never worked. No, like, you didn't. I mean, I I feel like Hot Wheels. I bet so many people have memories of getting Hot Wheels toys and like setting up the tracks and like you shoot your car through there and it goes through once. Yeah. successfully and then about 10 times it just doesn't have the power to go through and then like a connector on the track breaks okay yeah like, lots of stuff is coming back to me yeah. right now lots and lots yeah no i agree true. they're all very cool but those theory. moments when it when they execute are very memorable apparently they're much more memorable than all the times they break so yeah. i guess that's the that's the trick 
Um, yeah, yeah. The the cars have a pretty decent sized collector's market these days. Uh, the highest price ever fetched for a Hot Wheels car, I had to look this up because this is my thing, uh, was $72,000. Wow. And that was paid in 2000 for a rare VW rear loader beach van, which was apparently discontinued because the surfboards sticking out of it were too heavy and it kept tipping over. Uh, but yeah, somebody paid 72000 for that. And apparently there has been a Hot Wheels live action movie in some form of development hell for since 2003. Uh Originally released to uh, kind of cash in on the popularity of Fast and the Furious when that had just come out. <laughs> uh, and as the Fast and Furious movies have evolved, so too has this pitch. Uh, it's gone from gritty heist movie to silly time travel adventure to animated film. As of 2019, the project is apparently still going. It's still being planned, but we I, I'm, will see. I'm, I, like the, I like the time travel mechanic. That seems good. I can't really I, see a world where a Hot Wheels movie would succeed while a Need for Speed movie like oh, dies yeah. at the box well, office. It's except, all about execution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, the le- who, who's to say where the Lego movie succeeded, the Battleship movie fails? It's true. It's true. That's very true. I'm sure they're just as good. Um, Hot Wheels video games have uh, been have been ava- amazingly long lived. Uh, they started in 1984 with Hot Wheels on the Commodore 64, and the series has had dozens of games and appeared on pretty much every single major console since 1986 or 1984. So that's pretty impressive. And they're still being made today. I didn't bother looking any of them up because I don't think any of them are any. There, there aren't any real like super classics in this series, but there are so also aren't really any notable. Bombs. The Hot Wheels, I mean, Hot Wheels as a premise for a racing game is sort of intrinsically weird because the idea is, you know, the cars stay on a set track. Yeah. And so if you kind of want to mimic that feel in your game, you're taking a lot of control away from the players. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, there have been many, many of those games. Uh, and in addition to the branded Hot Wheels games, the license has released DLC for other games. So you can see Hot Wheels in Forza. You can see Hot Wheels in Need for Speed and in Rocket League. So... If you if you want, you can do that. A uh, little note about Stormfront Studios, the company that developed this game. Uh, they started under the name Beyond Software, and they were founded in 1988. And their big claim to fame is as the developers and creators of the world's first MMORPG, Neverwinter Nights. Hmm. Uh, that ran on AOL from 1991 to 1997. Uh, they also produced the first Madden ports on the PC, so they, they had a pretty strong early start. Since then, their output has been pretty varied with lots of sports and racing games, uh, but the company folded in 2008 after a couple of high-profile licensed flops, including games based on young adult failures, Aragon, and the Spiderwick Chronicles. So, yeah, yeah, don't play those games. Um, <laughs> I mean, both, I wouldn't call the books failures. They're both very probably not. books. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, let's talk about Hot Wheels. Uh, there's not really a whole lot to talk about with this game because the, the features are kind of right there uh they're right there in your face and there's not a whole lot to them there is an exhibition mode there's a tournament mode there's a uh air challenge which is just who can score it's like a stunt challenge right you can get the biggest tricks but you use the same tracks for each of the different modes yeah and there's only about eight different tracks maybe it's a very streamlined menu like the first screen you see is everything you're going to need to know you can go through pick your cars right here pick your tracks right here you can go into more detail if you want, but you can do it all right from the get-go. I mean, it's very colorful. I like the design of the cars and the menu a lot. Like, it is very welcoming, and it looks sort of kid-friendly extreme. We were also I- noting that most of the car names in this uh, could also be names of either dildos or firecrackers. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Too Fast For You, 
uh, Purple Passion. Double Vision. Double Vision. The uh, uh, strip, strip, strip teaser. Strip teaser. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them. It's just like, okay, all right. All right, Hot Wheels. Um, it's it's uh, it's a very intuitive game, I think. I yeah. think it, it plays, It's it's got a Mario Kart kind of feel kind to it of. sort of i mean like i said if you play mario kart you'll pick this up right away and it run i would say it's almost closer to f-zero yeah like, yeah yeah it, it's very like tubey um which yeah sort of makes sense again that's sort of what you want for your hot the free streaming thing. service yeah exactly everyone's favorite um one. and you can really go pretty fast yeah um which is very welcome and there's not your cars are very versatile, whereas like are very durable. Whereas micro machines, it was so easy to fall off and explode. Here, you can just fly all over the place. You'll usually flip around, flip onto your side, your stomach, but you'll always kind of right yourself and keep going. But also, totally possible to blow up your opponent by t-boning them if they are stalled in the middle of the track. Yeah. So that was satisfying, at least. Yeah, uh, the big mechanic here, I think, is just all about jumps and stunts, uh, you know, which I, it wants to simulate like you're feeling, you're like you're playing with a toy. Mm -hmm. So these feel very lightweight and they flip around in the air. You can do like flips and spins yeah, and everything like that. Yeah, the mechanic is very simple. You just like hold forward to do a flip or hold right or left to do a spin. And yeah. And you just time it so you're doing enough to land on on your wheels, which again, isn't even fully necessary. No. Your car will usually ride itself. No. And you have a little turbo meter that keeps charging up as you execute stunts and uh building up points like yeah, that Yeah, you just press z and you use that and it makes it makes you go fast it makes I mean, you go real fast again like it's this game is certainly not as fast as f-zero on the system but it yeah. might be as fast as wipeout yeah yeah i would say I, I, it runs at a smoother clip i mean we played it in two player and uh it, it looks it is good only, it was only two player there's only two player yeah and uh but it looks good uh i felt like the cars didn't really super look like cars most well, they're of the more time of like they're... the toy they're not designed i mean hot wheels had separate lines yeah these are like there was the model hot wheels that are designed off real cars and these are like just the sci-fi fun toy designs of hot wheels was it was it hot wheels or micro machines that had like you could open it up and there's a littler car inside it uh, that was a micro machine. I don't That's right. That one. Yeah, no, there was a micro machine you could open up. It's like already small. Then you open it up, and there's like an even smaller car inside <laughs> that you could play with. Anyway, right, you open that one up, and there's bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how coronavirus started. Um, no, but um, so yeah, a, a lot. Of, yeah, like I said, the game is kind of centered around stunts. I'm struggling to think of much to no, say the, the about it. The amount of it. content in this game is just abysmal. Like very little. The, You're the, gonna see everything pretty quickly. Yeah, there's very few tracks. All the cars kind of feel the same. Your modes. There's also like a cup mode. Um, and the my big issue with this game is the tracks feel too long and you have to do too many laps of them. Yeah. Like one race would take like six minutes. It was quite um, long. Uh, and and there wasn't really a lot of like, there aren't a lot of shortcuts or different things to explore. Right. You're kind of going to be on the same track the entire time. Also, we could never figure out how to use items. There are items all over the track and we never figured it out. Like what button you press to use it. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just like the other aspect of it is because you're so kind of on rails in this tube there was never a sense of sort of be using your driving skills to the fullest like you're not going to pull off any sweet drifts or like hit hit a kind of shortcut that takes you through the other side you just kind of follow along and it is i mean it is fun and satisfying in its own way but 
this is one of those games that if you had spent $60 on it, you would have felt pretty shorted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And it probably did cost $60 because they weirdly have a lot of licensed music in this game. They have music from uh, Reverend Horton Heat, Primus, Mixmaster Mike, and fucking Metallica. Like, who at this time was very, very anti-Napster, anti-sharing their music, all about getting their royalties. Pro Hot Wheels, though. You know they got paid uh, for this Hot Wheels game. And there are no lyrics or anything, so, like, you could just tell me this is a Primus sound-alike, and I'm fine. Like, you don't even, like... Yeah, it's a really weird sell of, like, some, a kid who's, you know, because I feel like the Target demo for Hot Wheels is, like, eight year olds sure. nine ten yeah, yeah and i don't know what eight-year-old is like oh they got mix master mike in no, here like, yeah all yeah. about that pro- less claypool bass slapping sound like <laughs> if, if i hadn't researched that there was licensed music in this game i wouldn't have known like yeah. it, it wouldn't have occurred to me at all that these were real bands performing this background music you know so and, and i mean you know the the talent is there but it's clear that like they didn't put much effort into this this <laughs> is this is a it's a it's a quick and dirty game like i i would say if you're a Nintendo 64 completist, you can probably get this really cheap. Uh, I'd say check it out. It's it's a fun, like, kind of loose and goofy kart racer kind of thing. Uh, it won't hold your attention for very long at all. Uh, even us, like, generally liking what we were playing, we, we got bored of it pretty quickly. Yeah, like, what what's your standard for getting a game? Like, are you willing to buy a game that you will enjoy for 15 minutes? Yeah. If so, yeah. you might enjoy Hot Wheels Turbo Racing. Again, games that should have been a Blockbuster uh, exclusive instead of one that is a Blockbuster ah. exclusive. Let's talk about our next game here. Razor Freestyle Scooter. This was released November 27, 2001, developed by Titanium Studios and published by Crave Entertainment. And this was also released on PlayStation, Dreamcast, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I did kind of lump these in with two racing games just because there really is no other place to put this, this been, game. That would have been the shortest episode of I mean, I suppose we like, could have tacked it on to the end of Tony Hawk. But oh, like, what, what a bring down that would have yeah, been. Yeah, that would have been a bummer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about Razor Scooters because uh, the, the developers struck very fast on this fad. This fad <laughs> would not be around for very long, and they hit hard. No, I've seen I've seen them kind of come back. Like I've seen kids around. They've on- they've evolved into something. Yeah. Well, uh, but anyway, uh, the Razor Scooters were the vehicle fad du jour in the early 2000s. They were essentially the Heelys of their time. If if you're slightly younger than us, Wait, were those remember, the shoes that had roller skates? Those the shoes that had roller skates. God, always, do they make those for adults? I don't know if they do. We should find out. Because I kind of always wanted one of those. I had the light-up shoes. Those were pretty cool, too. I, I hated them, but I think a lot of it was low-key jealousy. And also is because, like, I worked at a pizza restaurant, like a big open floor, and kids would always ride around on it while I'm carrying pizza. It always kind of... Yeah. Uh, sometimes I see kids... Um, when those in the mall and they're yeah. just walking around and then I'll look the other way and then I'll look back and the kid's kind of gliding across the ground. I know, and I'm just like, what for the that, that one foot up, just like, yeah. da, 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 da. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, Razor Scooters kind of presage that. Uh, Razor USA was founded in Cerritos, California in 2000, and their first and biggest product was the Razor Kick Scooter, which, if you've seen these, you've definitely seen these. Uh, they are sleek, foldable scooters with a tough but lightweight aluminum frame, which are capable of more precise movements. Obviously, like, scooters as a concept has been around for hundreds of years. <laughs> I think most of us had a scooter as a kid. I think my sister had, like, this big, flimsy pink Barbie one. Okay. Uh, but something about these Razors, like, looked... I mean, they look cool. They're not like, I don't know. It was, I think it was the big, 
I don't know. And, and look, you should wear a helmet, wear a when, helmet. You, when you're when you're on any of these things. But there's definitely like something about like the guy on the front of this box and his razor scooter and his helmet doesn't scream like, "Wow, this game is extreme." He looks like a dork. And I got the name of that person, by the way. That person is Jamie Jacobson, and that's literally all I could find about them. Okay. So I think I think the person who wrote the Wikipedia article was Jamie Jameson, and they just slapped their own Jacobson. name in there oh, because okay. uh, they know that no one's going to yeah. fact check that. But the, I, I found no information or on that it person. Was, yeah, or it was the person who was the model. And it's like, it's important that people know I was in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, the scooters were those an instant like, success. Those are my favorite. I feel like someone needs to put make a wiki or just the database of wiki pages that are clearly edited by the person they're about. Oh, totally. Because they just have an obscene amount of information. And, like, and you're like... There's only one person who would know this about this person, and that's them. IMDb as well. Like, uh, check out the. Uh, I mean, uh, if you're watching Troll Two, you know the 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 Corn Witch Woman. Uh, her IMDb biography is so long and so florid. And this was like one of three movies that she did. Like, like let's calm down. None of them got a bigger release than Troll Two. Um, anyway. So these scooters were an instant success. Uh, they sold more than 6 million units in the first six months, eventually being named Toy of the Year in multiple year-end polls. And it was weirdly kind of all word of mouth. Like, uh, it, it, they didn't have a big advertising campaign at first, but one kid rode it to school one day and all the other kids really wanted it, and all of a sudden there were lines around the block. Um, so the scooters were strong enough to uh, shuttle adults too, which led to kind of a lasting appeal and eventually a short-lived X Games team. Okay. Where people were trying to do tricks on them, but I mean, I I was already like, what was I like? I was seventeen, eighteen when these things came out, and I really wanted one. <laughs> uh, and I just remember like taking them out at Walmart and just kind of riding them around the aisles. I'm like, these are fun as hell. Like these are really fun to ride around on. I I had one and immediately fell on it and oh. did not use it much after that, that, was, that was sort of my train whenever i got anything that yeah. i could get hurt on i would get hurt on it and then lose interest that was that was my track with skateboarding yeah yeah, yeah. fell once got a bruise about the size of my arm up the side of my leg and it was really nasty uh yeah but uh, uh razor started releasing motorized versions of their scooters in 2003 and while the fad didn't necessarily continue with kids the scooters have been increasingly adapted by cities as a cheap energy efficient means of public travel like if you're in LA, like you see these all over the place, like people just they, they got little rental stations. You drop a buck in it isn't and you take a scooter there, around. Like that's a great idea. But yeah. Isn't there like a problem of some of these cities are just like because people just leave the scooters mm-hmm. places and just like everywhere is flooded with these scooters. Oh yeah, they're they're all over the street. People just like hop off them and drop them where they stand. Uh, so I don't know. It might be annoying, but like. It's a good idea, like, the, you know, the bike shares and things like that that they have in a lot of cities, you know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that that's kind of I, – I think we're going to see Razor scooters become more of a piece of the conversation as we're trying to get in more eco-friendly travel and things like that because these are a pretty fast, efficient way to travel small distances. Uh, so, yeah, Razor scooters. Um, let's talk about this game a little bit. So, uh, unlike other versions of this game, the N64 version of Razor was only released in North America, and it was exclusive to Blockbusters. We are joining the uh, the esteemed likes of Indiana Jones and whatever his game was. The Infernal Machine. That's the one. And uh, what else was exclusive? The Quest for Exclusivity. Die Katana. Uh, Beast Wars was one. Beast Wars, Clay yeah. Fighter Sculptor's Cut. Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut, the greatest game ever made. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so this game is essentially just a two-wheeled reskin of a PlayStation game called Grind Session, which was released in 2000. Uh, this uses the exact same engine and Wait, all the same assets. when did this assets. game come out? 2000, well, this came out uh, in 2000 on other systems, and it came out in 2001 for the N64. Okay, so this is very late. In the very N64. late. I think this. I think there are only like four or five games released after this. It's one of the last ones that came out. And it came out at Blockbuster, so nobody noticed. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so like I said, cover athlete Jamie Jacobson. Don't know who they are. But yeah, gameplay-wise, uh, this almost has as few features as Hot Wheels, almost. Yeah. Um, very little to talk about here. One-player mode, two-player mode, credits. <laughs> right? That was it? Or tra- practice mode? Yeah. This practice yeah, mode. I mean, this the, the structure of this game is just aped from Tony Hawk. Like, yeah. pretty much everything here is taken from Tony Hawk um, and just done worse. Kind of. Uh, While also, like, I'll I'll issue the caveat. This game is not terrible. You no, may have, no. If like you've heard bad, of this game. Bad Tony Hawk is still pretty it's decent. It's still pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, this is kind of an inferior version of Tony Hawk. You only get one of two generic preteens to choose from. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. The his name is Chad. And Chad he's, and Amy. Chad is Asian in the select screen, and then he's like a white boy with blonde hair in the Amy game. Amy's Asian, isn't she? Amy's Asian as well in the illustration. I don't know. I couldn't really tell okay. in the game, but yeah. They uh, have that. They have like choice. a fun, cartoony style, which you like into like Skechers ads. Yeah, yeah. Which I think matches the game well. Like I like the way this game looks. Yeah, but it's. The environments that you go on are just so boring. So you choose a character, and then you get the excited. It's like, pick your scooter, and literally all you do is pick a color. Yeah. Because it's not like there's other models of Razor scooters. Yeah, that's all you do. Yeah, the motorized ones aren't out. I didn't even notice the color in the game at all. No. Um, When are you going to look at that? Yeah, yeah. you're looking at the back of your kid's head the whole time. And so like like Tony Hawk, you're like in this first level. It's like the warehouse. I don't even know. Yeah. The, The environments here are just so bland. Gray. Um, and it's like, do a combo of this many points, get this many points, collect this many wheels, grind for this long. And for the Tony Hawk games, one of the like really cool things about it is sort of half of the challenges in there were about skating well, and the other ones were about like collecting things and finding secrets. Yeah. So it's a good balance, whereas all of this is just like, skate well and get points and you'll sort of keep going well you have to collect but no wheels i kept thinking they were button they look like big red buttons but, they're but wheels. They, I, I think those that's not an objective for that they just add to your points yeah yeah uh, pretty pretty limited in what you can do they basically just kind of swap the control scheme from the playstation over to this so you can ignore the a and b button and all of your tricks and jumps and everything are done on the c-pad which works well enough once you get used to it. Yep. It feels like... You have to hold the top C button while you're grinding. Like when you play Tony Hawk, you just press it once and you'll grind until you jump off. Yeah. And I found holding it to be very awkward because yeah. it would be hard to hold it and then and then jump off and then sort of land something else. Um, yeah. This game does have like manuals that you can use to connect, um, connect your tricks. But again, it's just a little harder than it needs to be whereas like in tony hawk you only pressed up down and you would slide along um in this you have to press up up and then one of your grab buttons and so i don't know and it's just it runs slower than tony hawk and it's just i don't know i mean it doesn't have that same kind of satisfying 
feel that, right. that they got with Tony Hawk where you don't really have the same sense of momentum or yes, of, of, that's, uh, that's a good way to of put impact. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels very light and cartoony. Like and, and that's the thing, like the engine here, the core gameplay itself, it's not terrible. Like no. the, the, the skating works like the, you, you press your button the and scooting. it does a thing. The scooting works. Excuse me. The scooting. <laughs> Uh, it makes me sound feel like the dog, like dragging yeah. his butt across the carpet. That's probably why that term doesn't take off. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this game desperately needs an injection of personality. It yeah. needs something to make you remember it because it just it, it's oatmeal. You know, you're you're it, it's it's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's just really bland yeah. really really bland and even when you get to you know you beat one objective and then it unlocks the next level but they all feel exactly the same yeah so one is just a rooftop one is like the school one's a warehouse again tony hawk aping but um they oh, all yeah. are just a bunch of ramps and one other random thing that they just kind of drop in here for you to know uh the plot of this game is that oh, a robot yeah. has kidnapped your friends it and... says that at the be it's like the beginning of bad dudes yeah <laughs> there okay first of all there are no fantastical elements in this game at all like it's just a pretty straightforward skating game there's no like wackiness yeah so, then like, you go to one player start and a robot has kidnapped your friends can you collect enough points to rescue them or something yeah and one of the weirder things i looked this up like uh each level in the single player mode it's like you complete a set of challenges and then uh you save one of your friends from the robot and then you do this four or five times to rescue all your friends your last friend uh somebody who would definitely be hanging out with a bunch of kids at a skate park <laughs> is ufc fighter tito ortiz uh Weird. best known uh, well uh, i don't want to go into what he's best known but he's a he's a woman abusing piece of shit <laughs> uh but yeah he, he's basically just a big creepo and uh he is in this game hanging out with kids apparently <laughs> for no reason um his license was cheap i guess so like they did something I, they I, sent him a free razor scooter uh, <laughs> maybe that was it like oh can i get one of those scooters yeah can we put you in this game and you're kidnapped by a robot <laughs> you don't have to do any UFC fighting whatsoever. Okay, all right, there you go. Um, yeah, the there's a bit of a clash in styles because on, on the cover you have a real person. In the menu you have like an anime style kind of still cell image, cell shaded. And then in the game itself, they're kind of like chunky, doughy uh, cartoon characters. Yeah. It looks like Rocket Power, kind of the the Nintendo or the Nickelodeon show. Um, yeah, it, I watched like so much nickelodeon garbage and was like excited by it mm -hmm. it was like rocket power and the wild thorn i never liked the wild i could tell that the wild thorn berries was shitty like i think the but, like, only classic i chupo, remember watching a lot of rocket power uh, the only classic chupo show i ever liked was uh, rugrats because i found most of them just like so hard to look at yeah just the design of them are so gross and and rocket power was kind of beat past. i was just i was just so excited about the concept of cartoons yeah that i would just like i get it i'm still excited about the concept of cartoons uh more excited than i am about this uh, razor scooter game because well, i don't really have anything so this game also has it. a two-player mode yeah but it's again the laziest possible two-player mode it's a alternating yeah and b Boring. You have to trade the controller. It literally says, pass the controller yeah. to the next player. And it's like, I own two controllers game. What are these other what, three slots in the front of the machine? Yeah, like, what are we doing? I mean, it's cool that I can pass if I want. Great. But if I have two plugged in, let me use them both. Let's I do it. I don't need everyone's uh, sweaty Cheeto hands. No, no, don't necessarily need that. No, no. Uh, yeah, pretty lazy. 
Yeah, it's it's again not the worst game you're ever gonna play on the system. It no, works, not at all. It works fine, uh, but in a world where Tony Hawk exists, there's just no reason for this to exist. I bet. I bet if you were got decent enough at this game, you could beat it in 20 minutes. Yeah, because I doubt there's very many levels, and they all seem to. All, and since most of the goals are based around just getting a lot of points, mm. you could essentially complete all the goals in one one run. Which again, uh, a good uh, argument for a blockbuster exclusive there yeah that, that makes sense for that like you know i probably wouldn't have been mad if i'd rented this for a day and beat it all i think i think it's the environment I, I think think about it more i think it's the environments for this game that yeah. are the killer i think if there was a sense of being able to explore and sort of find different areas and because that was what was fun about tony hot i mean among the many other things it's like you only have two minutes so you're only going to see a portion of the level yeah and you have a you can find these secrets and unlock things and here it's just like oh i've seen this level instantly and it all feels exactly the same as the other levels yeah 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 you, you see it all pretty quickly uh, i don't have anything else about razor scooter do you no yeah i think i think we're good to move on to our rankings so each week we are ranking the games that we just played adding them on to our expansive and ridiculously sized list um i'll go first on this one sure. uh, we have three games to rank here I would say of these three, I liked uh, Hot Wheels the most. Yep. Um, it's it's slick, it's effective, it's it's fun. I think this would be a good like party game, uh, except it's only two player. But you know, you can get some people over party. to argue over it. Well, sure, well, party. party within uh, within proper constraints. Yeah, exactly. Now a, is the time a, a for a two-player two party. Parties. A phase two party, absolutely. Uh, so I'm putting that at uh, roughly number 72, and that's uh, just under Star Soldier Vanishing Earth, which is a pretty fun little shoot 'em up. Yep. Uh, coming up next would be Razor Freestyle Scooter. Um, I put that at number 104 underneath Fighter's Destiny 2. Okay. That's kind of the gray zone of games that aren't terrible, but I'll never think about again. And finally, Micro Machines Turbo. A uh, bit of a disappointment after a very strong start, but I still like the idea of what's here, and there's a lot of creativity. It's 124 for me, and that's going to be underneath Hexen, okay. which is a game that's, uh, you know, pretty fun. Pretty yeah, fun it was fun, fun to punch things, medieval Hexen style. Yeah. Um, I like the Razor Scooter game the most. Wow. Um, right. Again, the, all the, these games really suffered from a lack of content, but anything that reminds me of Tony Hawk and is fairly functional, I'm happy to play. Yeah, um, totally. Because I want to I wanna get them combos. Man, I'm, um, I miss that genre. I'm glad it's coming back. I'm yeah. glad we're getting more Tony. Um, so Razor Scooter, I'm putting it at number 123, which is right under Tigger's Honey Hunt. Okay. Um, the Hot Wheels game is next. Um I 129 under Cruising Exotica. Again, okay. it it was a fun game, but you get you just get bored of it so fast. You're not gonna just, yeah, you're not gonna think just about kind it much. of a recurring yeah. theme for all these. And then yeah, um, Micro Machines was tragic. I'm I'm still I'm still a little bummed. I kind of want to go back and explore the modes more just because the the way the crashing and broke breaking up and it's it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going at number 134, which is right under the Roadsters. Uh, racing game fair place for that i think fair place for that awesome awesome everybody we don't have any letters this week but you can always send those in ultra 64 podcast at gmail.com always happy to sure read after them. our listenership spikes for this episode oh, oh they got the razor scooter oh, episode shit. out now oh my god i had that um yeah so uh next week though we've got a big one coming up next week so definitely be looking forward to that because we are going to be going two-dimensional but kind of not to play paper mario Paper Mario, one of the last RPGs that we haven't touched on the system. Uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. It's the best RPG on the system. Hey, we I'm haven't saying. played Aiden. We Chronicles. haven't played Aiden Chronicles. That's true. That one. That one's our. Uh, that one's our ace up our sleeve. Um, but yes. So tune in next week for Paper Mario. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, in the meantime, I am going to uh, go trap my house for burglars. I've got nice steep stairs and just a shitload of micro machines. <laughs> This is the Micro Machine Man, presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machine. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trim, precision paint jobs, plus incredible Micro Machine pocket play sets. There's a police station, fire station, restaurant, service station, and more. Perfect pocket portables to take any place. And there are many miniature play sets to play with, and each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun, fantastic features that miraculously move. Raise the boat lift at the airport marina, man the gun turret at the army base, clean your car at the car wash, raise the toll bridge. And these play sets fit together to form a Micro Machine world. Micro Machine pocket play sets, so tremendously tiny, so perfectly precise, so dazzlingly detailed, you'll want to pocket them all. Micro Machines and Micro Machine pocket play sets sold separately from Galoob. The smaller they are, the better they are.